It's episode 247 of the Platformers podcast show about games and nerd culture. I am your host this week as Brian Burnett is out today. Chris Shriver joined by Joshua Mobley. Yo. And early in the episode, because we're starting late, it's time for the kiss cam. Look at that. We Pizza's sent, on the we sent Brian to an island. We sent Brian to an island. He has to fight his way off. Uh, pizza is on the oven. There are garlic nuts. <gasps> Bless. Yeah. Garlic nuts. What is that? Garlic nuts. Garlic knots. Oh, knots. Not could not. What's as they all say. this? No, garlic knots. I mean, that's good. Too. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This week, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the analog pocket. We are going to talk a little bit about the NVIDIA and EVGA split. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are also going to talk about Metal Hellsinger, a game that Metal I am very, very excited to I've hear I've played about. half of it. So Have you really? It's not that long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not that long. Why don't you... So. Why don't you give our our listeners here the uh, the sh- the whole spiel, sure. the rundown? Or real quick, I have to do my disclaimer. My opinions are my own and not at that of my employer. Now that we have that out of the way, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Metal Hellsinger. So I played. I started playing this. I don't know, a couple days ago. I've been playing it kind of slowly. It's on Game Pass. I'm playing it on PC. I assume it's on Xbox. I actually don't know, um, but I'm gonna go I will look. It doesn't have anything that like screams this is a PC game. Like it's it seems like it would run on Xbox. So because it's just it's a shooter. So um, but for people that don't know, Metal Hellsinger is a first person shooter rhythm game that is basically if I had to quantify it, it's it's essentially Doom 2016, but you play to the rhythm of melodic death metal and it's really fun. <laughs> Um, it, what I like about it too, is that, you know how we've talked about games where it's like, this game's trying to do too much. This game is not trying to do too much. This game knows exactly what it is and it's doing exactly what it should be. Like it's, it's like, you know, uh, what's a good food. It's a chocolate chip cookie. Like, you know, sometimes (laughs) you can throw walnuts in there, but most of the time it's just chocolate chips. Like it kind of knows what it is and it's a really good chocolate chip cookie. Right. Um, but the crux of it is, is that it is, uh, it's also aesthetically like very much looks like Doom. Um, it's like just, it's all demons. You play this demon woman named the the Outsider, I think is what her name was, something like that. Um, oh, the Unknown, that's what her name is. The Unknown, there's a skull that you meet who's also a gun who is voiced by, I believe, Troy Baker. It sounds like Troy Baker, yeah. It's Troy Baker. It's Troy Baker doing his best Joel impression, but as a skull. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, he does, like, all the narration, because, like, the story is... The story's not, like, the most amazing story you're ever going to hear. Like, it's just kind of, like, the context for what you're doing, honestly. But the story is that your character has lost her voice, and she's trying to get it back by killing this being called the red judge who is just it's the devil uh and uh troy baker the skull whose name i honestly can't remember um who's also a gun is just sort of narrates between the chapters and like during the chapters so he'll just say stuff like when you're there was a level i played earlier where you jump down a hole and he's just like all the way down you know like 
just stuff like that you know it's it's but uh i mean it's cool it, it's funny because we 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 both played another rhythm shooter uh earlier this year called soundfall and we were both a little lukewarm on it and for some reason that like this one works and that one struggles and i think the reason why is a lot of it has to do with just i feel like the timing is a little more forgiving um there's like a lot more just i don't know what it is but something about the way the reticle like displays the beats per minute is just really nice and clear also if you have a razor keyboard your keyboard like thumps red to the beat so like yes. even from the corner of your eye you can kind of get more of a sense of it i think what also helps is like the guns feel like they reload on the beat and not just not whenever the animation is playing right like the shotgun like feels like it's going duh, 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 click like, you know, like there's a little bit of a and like the um, revolvers too do like a tch, 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 like so you can kind of like time everything a little better. At least I, I don't remember. So I remember Soundfall had like it had like an active reload system, right? Like sort of it had an yeah, it had an active reload system. And it was like if you and shooting in that game was like it was like if you were not on the beat it is very unforgiving yeah um and if you didn't reload on the beat i think it it gave you like half the amount of power in your item oh. or in your weapon yeah or something it was some like absurd and, amount where it was like if you're at, at all off you're going to suffer for it hellsinger is way more forgiving in that you don't actually have to active re active reload the thing that is nice is that you cut the animation or not cut it but like it makes it shorter um, and also when you do it, I think your, um, your hit meter continues. So mm -hmm. there's things you do on the beat to like maintain your score. Cause they, they, at the end of the day, it actually is kind of a score chasing game. Like it shows you your leaderboard before you go into a level. It like shows you the top three people on the leaderboard. They're like, this is their score. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool. I'm not anywhere near that. Like, I think the first level I did, I was like number 900 or something. I was like, wow, that's really high. But then like, as I, I'm sure more people have played as I've been playing like a little bit and I played earlier today, I, I was like number 9,000 or something. I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> um, people who love chasing score stuff are going to love this. They're going to love this. Like, especially when that, um, there was that one mode in doom 2016. I think it's in eternal, but it was in doom 2016 where you could like, boot up part of a level and you had to like kill things as efficiently as possible and not get hit and stuff and you had like a score chain that you had to like maintain it it has some of that but it is it is still more forgiving than i would say like soundfall is um it's not a big deal when you like lose your multiplier or not your multiplier but when you lose your like streak because the game's not really like it once you get streaks, but like streaks are not the thing that keeps your score. What keeps your score up is like keeping your multiplier up and like continuing to just for the most part hit the beat, which is good because sometimes you do mess up and then you kind of like correct a little bit. But like if you do that one little mess up, the game's like, whatever, man, like it, it just kind of keeps going. Um, right. The other thing that I like, I think and it, this is something we brought up about Soundfall that I, I I was a little unfortunate is like the song, the songs don't feel like they were made for the game. They may, they feel like they were songs and they put them in and then like they loop. Like we were talking about how like sometimes when you get to the end of the level, you've heard the song like one and a half times. 
Metal Hellsinger's not like that. Like, they actually... They, these aren't songs you've heard. Um, these are, like, metal songs where they got singers and people who are in actual bands. So, like, the only one I recognized, actually, was uh, Arch Enemy. Like, the, the singer for Arch Enemy, she does, like, one of the songs. Uh, but for the most part... The songs are a designed for the game. They're written and designed for the game, like from a like music standpoint. Um, each like room is almost like a verse in the song, so like it changes as you go through the levels. So you don't actually you are kind of hearing a loop, but you don't you don't feel like it because you know the song will continue when you continue, not not of its own accord. If that makes sense. So like you enter the next room and you're like in verse two or whatever or like the chorus right. room or something, and it will play that part, and then when you're done, you go to the next it room, and it starts... It just vamps it, doesn't it? What's that? Like, do, doesn't it, like, vamp? Like, if, if you were to... Let's say you you walk into uh, the night... And I may be confusing this with uh, bullets per minute, um, but I think it's when you walk into a room, like, if it, the song has vocals in it, it will play, like, that verse of vocals. Like, let's say you walk into, like, the chorus room, and then once they sing the chorus it just kind of vamps that section of the song until you go to the next. A little bit. Yeah. There is like, cause there are hallways like going to the next thing. Um, sometimes or like platforming sections. Cause like as much as this game is a, uh, like music game, it is also like a shooter. Like it, the guns and the weapons like feel really good to shoot. And the enemies have that doom kind of battle chest thing going on. Like some of them are just like, you know, normal demon that kind of just runs at you and you shoot them and, you know, whatever. Um, Later on, it's like, oh, there's this one that summons more demons. You have to kill it. And there's other ones that sort of like will leap at you and do stuff. So you have to kind of use your dash and um, other things. So it does have a little bit of that in there, which sounds like it would get overwhelming with doing the rhythm. But like. It kind of, it it doesn't. Um, it feels really good that way. Uh, but yeah, the songs like they feel designed for the game because they were, and it's nice because when you first start a level, it's just this really like it's like maybe what you would hear in the first like ten seconds of a metal song, maybe. So it'll just be like some light guitar or something, and then like some bass and maybe a little bit of drums, and then the what changes the music as you play. And is also a gameplay thing, which I think is kind of brilliant, is uh, the better you do, the higher your multiplier goes. And the higher your multiplier goes, the song changes. So, like, what starts off first is just some guitar and, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, you'll get to, like, you start at times two, and then when you get your multiplier up to times four, it, like, suddenly adds, like, a second guitar or something, or, like, a piano and then you get to times eight and it adds like a, a like higher bass and like more percussion. And suddenly it's like, but it all makes sense because it's all been written for the song. So like each multiplier doesn't feel like this jagged thing, like coming in all of a sudden that doesn't make sense. It's like, no, this feels like the song is progressing. And then when you get to times like they're 16, layering. yeah, they're yeah, like, like they're just layering, layering tracks on top. on top of it. And then yeah. it like, it gives you that satisfaction yeah. of like you are, you know, progressing so, or you're playing well as the song kicks up because you're doing well, you feel like you're doing well because you hear the song start to kick up and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you get to time <laughs> 16, which is the highest the multiplier gets, 
is when vocals actually kick in. So when you hear vocals, you know, like I'm doing awesome, right? Um, which is like a really good touch, I think. Uh, and and it, that was the thing that immediately, because when I booted it up, I was like, man, maybe I won't like this because of, because of like Soundfall. And I famously don't didn't really like Crypt of the Necrodancer. So I was like, man, maybe I won't like this. But for some reason, I like this. It's And it's because of just the way it's designed and how like the reloads are all on the beat. And like you shoot to the beat. And like even when you do the like, what are they glory kills? What are they called in Doom? Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's something right. like that. Uh, they have these in here, but like they're all done to the music too. So there's one where you'll like take the sword and cut like the legs off one, and then cut the head off, but it'll go like, like so it's like super fast and satisfying. Um, and it's it's just I don't know it's really good like it's not that long, obviously it's 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 I think it's only like ten ish songs maybe but each I think there's a I think there's two songs in every level but I could be wrong it feels like there are because when you get to the boss it changes like dramatically um, yeah the other the the one nitpicky thing I will say about this game though is the bosses while mechanically are all different all sort of feel the same because they look exactly the same. They are mm. the skull, this big skull with a crown and big winks. They're the same one every time, but they behave differently and they do different things and you have to do different things to kill them other than, you know, shooting them normally. But like, that's a little bit of like a, oh, that that's a little bit of a letdown. Like there could have been cool boss designs in here, but there's sort of not. But they make up for it by just saying like the boss fights are mechanically unique. That's maybe yeah, like I mean, the at least one it's negative. not like a, a rinse and repeat. Yeah, know? it's not the exact same fight. every. It would be time. a little lame if it was the same fight every time. But like there's the one that I did earlier is like there's a giant pillar in the middle of the arena and it will shoot fire out randomly from like areas and it will shoot that consistently for a while until it changes. And so it means that you have to like hop or go under these fire things and it affects where you're going to jump and like dash. Um and where you're like going to avoid where the enemies come from and stuff. But it's really neat. Um, there's a, it, it has a campaign and the levels are like very replayable. Uh, it, it's literally like a playlist. Like each, each level has like album art basically. And like different challenge modes that you can engage in, which give you, if you do the challenge modes, they're like these, you know, one out of three stars things you do. And if you get three stars, you unlock these things called sigils, which, uh, you can use in your loadout to be like I get uh, if I get hit or like miss a shot once it won't break my uh, hit streak or something you know you get these like cool perks that are very like simple um, whereas like Soundfall it tried to be very like Destiny Diablo and it was like the guns have all these perks on them they have all these things and this it's just like no you have the guns you like and you pick one and then you have these like sigils that you've earned and you just make like a cool loadout that you like, you know, that does like really simple things. And then you just go. And I like that. I, it's 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 very simple. It's very cool. It's very fun. I feel like if you're not really into metal. You might not like it, but if you like metal and you like Doom, this is like totally a game for you. Uh, it's like playing album art. It's great. Um, and 
it's fun. I, I I'd say catch the fever, and it's on Game Pass. So I can't believe so like around oh, what was it Jeff Keeley's thing I think is when they put out the Summer Games Fest uh, they put out a demo for this on Steam um, and I think it's still out there if you want to try it on there um, but I played it and absolutely fell in love with it like immediately added it to the wish list and like saw it was coming out and was like oh, I gotta I should wait to get it for a little bit because I have just a lot that I'm playing right now right. Um, but man this being on Game Pass is like a huge huge deal yeah um i've played obviously you know we talked about soundfall um i tried to really like um bullets per minute or bpm is like another thing that it's called um that's a it's a similar type of rhythm game um think of like what if crypt of the necrodancer but a first person shooter where um you're going through oh and this actually leads into one of my questions was um is the are the levels in this one linear or are they they're uh, procedurally linear. generated? Okay, no, they're linear. They're um, like designed, at least from what I can tell, they're like actual designed levels and combat arenas good. and stuff. Yeah, so that game, um, it's all procedurally generated, and it, I always like, I had a hard time just kind of wrapping my head around it, because um, every time you're entering a room, you're like, you have to figure out what's in it, and you have to keep onto the beat. Like it's just a lot that's happening all yeah. at once. Um, the idea of kind of being able to like master a track in this um, and chase that high score and try to to climb the leaderboard and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's way more appealing to me. Yeah. I don't Um, think this has a custom sound uh, import thing like at all. I think it's like we made these, we, we curated like these songs from like, you know, people that are big in the metal scene and we designed levels around them and you're going to love them. It's sort of yeah. like what, and it's like when you think about get, like music games, you're always like, man, but I want to put my own songs in it. And sort of sometimes it's sort of like, do you though? Because while it's cool, like when someone designs their game around, you know, those songs, even though there's maybe only like ten, it feels a lot better. Uh, right. And it means that like the levels have a bit more variety. They don't look just like, you know, uh, green landscape or you know uh number 45 or you know whatever like obviously you're in hell in this so it's a lot of fire and brimstone but like at the same time they they still like use what they have um in very effective ways and also just like the arenas feel fun to fight in like there's things that explode you know what there's crystals that give you health um the enemies are all like very doom like, so you have to like use different strategies to fight them. Uh, there's unlimited ammo, which thank God, I love that. So if you want to just keep shooting to the beat and never think about wasting ammo, <laughs> you never will, because you know, you just keep shooting. It's so great. But yeah, catch the fever. I this game's this game's pretty good, and if you have Game Pass, I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I mean, if you have Game Pass and you're into rhythm games like there's no excuse you should absolutely try this out um i i had a feeling uh or i have a feeling this is going to be one of like just my personal uh game of the year contenders um just because it's so my jam Mm -hmm. um uh smoke is asking in the chat what we're talking about we're talking about metal hellsinger um it is a Rhythm first-person shooter. It is available on Xbox Game Pass. Do you are you playing it on PC or are you I'm playing play, it? I'm playing it on PC. It runs great. Uh, okay. It it yeah. it's also on uh, 
Xbox One and uh, or One X and uh, or Series X. Jesus, what year is it? Series uh, and PS Five. Yeah, and it is on Game um, Pass. So yeah, and it's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, just go try it. It's pretty awesome. I haven't tried it with a controller yet, but I've been playing on PC and like there's only. I don't know, a few buttons. There's your left click, which is your normal fire, your right click, which is like an all each gun has like an ultimate that you build up. And then when you do it, it each gun does something different. Um, and then you have like E to execute people and R to reload and space to jump. And as I'm talking, there's more buttons, but like shift to dash. Like other than that, <laughs> I think that's literally it after that. Like, no, I mean, I, if you've played Doom uh yeah it's almost especially doom on pc it's like almost exactly the same this is heavily inspired like you could have told me this was a full conversion mod for doom 2016 and i'd be like oh i believe you just based on the way it looks and plays but it's not yeah Uh, but it it's very good if you like doom 2016 you like metal uh i say give it a go it's very fun i'm enjoying it yeah and it's a low uh I mean, it's just a low barrier to entry if you have Game Pass. Yeah. Like, there's no, you know. Yeah. Um, like, my biggest fear was dropping 60 bucks. And hearing that it's, $40. it's not. It is. I think yeah. at one point they had it listed for 60 Um, But that was my biggest fear was it was going to be, you know, I, I'd pay full price for this game. And it was going to be that long because it is like a, um, uh, you know, they build everything out. It's not custom songs and all that good stuff. But, I mean, if it plays well, who cares? Like. It plays give great. That, yeah, give me that sweet, uh, you know, perfectly built out world. Mm-hmm. Just let me shoot stuff in it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Recommend. I'm glad you got to check it out. That's it. Um, nice. Uh, one thing I want to just touch on briefly. Um, in my you know my retro life, um, I've done I've done two things over mm-hmm. the the past couple weeks. Um, one of them being uh, I bought my first reproduction cartridges for the super nintendo oh. like yeah. for a for a rom hack or for uh what'd you get so i got two um i have a third one coming um ori- i was originally it started i wanted to play earthbound and you know for those that don't know famously earthbound, expensive earthbound is a famously expensive game but it's yeah. not getting any cheaper um but i have the crt behind me i have the super nintendo all that um, and I've never played Earthbound, and I feel like I've wanted to play it on original hardware uh, because I have this like at my disposal. Um, but I didn't want to drop four hundred dollars on a cartridge while I'm saving for a house and all that. And talking to a couple friends of mine, listening to people on YouTube, and and <clears throat> trying to decide the ethics of it all, right? Of like, is it morally correct? to buy a what is essentially a bootleg copy of earthbound and any other, you know, high price super Nintendo titles. Um, and and that's just it. And I've kind of, I've kind of landed on if I'm not, um, if it, if it's an exorbitant amount of money, if, if I'm not like looking at it in person, and I can't verify that it's a real cartridge. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to risk spending $400 on a cartridge yeah. for one game, and then it's showing up and it being a fake. Especially those ones are the ones that are going to get faked. They get duped constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I figure if I'm not selling this 
and trying it like later on and trying to pass it off as if it's a real copy. Like all I'm doing is I'm trying to play a game that I can enjoy on my Super Nintendo mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know they didn't make a lot of and all that. Um, so I got three. Um, two have shown up. One has not. Um, I got. Let me pull it out because I was playing it earlier. Turtles in Time. Nice. Which, like, you can already tell it's a dupe. So you've got this, like, like that's not mm. what the top of that game looks like. Yeah. And the label's, like, kind of peeling off. It's also, like, oh, wait. It's, like, super hollow inside. Mm. Um, but I plugged it in, and it Does runs. Does it say it's and... a repro-, repro on it? No, but, like... There are enough of these things online. And actually, I was surprised to see it even has Nintendo on the back, which I wasn't expecting. Because mm. a lot of these, that's blank. Or um, it says like Nintendo or something. Yeah, Nintendo. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't see anything that indicates that this is a fake, other than the top label being wrong and the fact that the label's coming off. Um, but anybody who knows what they're looking at, and I would never try to pass this off as a real one. Um, knows that this is a a reproduced copy. Um, The other one that I got, other than Earthbound, that I'm very excited to try because this was never actually printed, I got Star Fox 2. Yeah. That's a good one Um, because... They never sold it, so yeah, they never they never made it. So like, I yeah. don't feel that bad. Although uh, you can doing it for that you one. can play it on the SNES thing on Switch, but that's not really you like do them it on, selling it, right? So yeah, I mean the first like them selling it was putting it on the SNES Classic. Yeah, um, which I do have, but mm-hmm. I want to play it on CRT. So yeah, I figured I would pick that up as well. And what's interesting about this one is they're actually they there was some other Super FX game. That like, it's it's some car game. I can't remember the yeah. name of it, um, but it has all the hardware components, and they made a lot of them. And nobody wants this game really, mm-hmm. um, so they actually take that cartridge and then they load the Star Fox Two ROM onto mm. it, and that's how they get it working. That's smart. Um, yeah, but I mean, I booted it up. Looks great. Um, so I did all that because these are three games that I know I won on the Super Nintendo. And I know I'm going to go back, at least Star Fox and Turtles, I'm going to go back to um, Earthbound, you know, to be determined. I've never played it. Use a, use a um, guide. That's my, like, the furthest I ever got in Earthbound, I just used a guide. And I was, like, starting to really enjoy it, but I'll have to go back to it. I time. actually, uh, so there's also, <laughs> if you, uh, anybody who's familiar with Earthbound um, and what it originally shipped in, they had that player's guide that it came with. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy like reproduction copies of that on Etsy um, that are like really, you know, high quality and all that. So I ordered one of those to kind of like give myself like as authentic of the experience as Mm -hmm. I can. Um, So we'll see how all that goes when, uh, yeah, when I dig into that. Um, But so I go and do all this, right. And then what happens this weekend, the analog pocket gets the super Nintendo core. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, which I finally got to, uh, you know, I got to try that out quite a bit this weekend. Um, I ended up playing Super Mario World for like three hours just because I was like, like, like it just it like it felt that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy. Like I 
I finally feel like I'm at the point where it's like, okay, this is this is all I need for. Uh, I mean, other than the NES core on there in Genesis, but like, I really, I don't want to mess with emulators at this point. Like, they all run perfectly on this thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Wow. I mean, I do want one, but like, isn't the waiting? Isn't there still like a waiting for it? I think it's like it's like Q3 or Q4 of next year. Yeah. Um, that it would ship. So like, you'd have to. You're basically paying them to build it at this point because. I don't think they have the cash flow to just like produce these things and then sell them. Yeah, I'm, but I'm looking and it's like. It's a while. Fulfillment Group C 2023. Yeah. Yeah, it's a while. Maybe I'll yeah. have to invest but, I at mean, some point and just wait. <laughs> if, yeah, like if you're if you're into the idea of this thing or like just having like an all in one device, I mean, it's. You get that and an 8-bit do controller or 8-bit do. Uh, I have one. I was playing that. And uh, what was the other one? Metroid Zero Mission. Um, I played oh, that damn. for like four hours on Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just love it. Like, I I feel like that's going to be a lot of what I end up doing over the next few months. Um, mm-hmm. Just because now I finally, like, I feel like I've achieved Nirvana. Like, I can just <laughs> play all these old games like the way I've been trying to do it for so long. Um, but yeah, I wanted your take on the, uh, the reproduction situation. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of this? I think it's great. I, um, because like so many of these games are being just left by the wayside by developers and publishers. And so many of them have like found new fan bases or they just like never get re-released or if they do get re-released, they get re-released in like these weird ways where like Nintendo puts them on this subscription thing where they're not going to be there forever, you know, and you don't technically own it. So the minute that they decide the Switch servers go offline, then suddenly I can't play Star Fox 2 on my Switch anymore, you know, um, like, I, I, I wish there were ways to, like, just buy old games, but it's very difficult, especially when, like you said, Earthbound is now, like, $400, and I'm pretty sure that's just for the cart. Like, that's yep. not even the box, which is a very unique box, uh, and not the player's guide or anything else that may have come packaged in it. Like, uh, even back when I was young, like, in high school, I remember hearing about how Earthbound was, like, $200, so it's even more expensive now. And the only way I ever experienced that game was via emulation. Um, yeah. Like playing on uh, like an SNES emulator on my friend's PC because there was no way to get it. And right now there's not really a, there's not really a way to buy Earthbound. Like other than buying like you can buy an SNES classic, which has it on there. But then I guess you it's debatable whether that means you bought it, right? Like Yeah, so then, there's like yeah. there's like three main ways that Nintendo has quote unquote or four main ways that they've quote unquote sold it. You could either get it, uh two of which are going away. Uh on the Wii U virtual mm-hmm. shop or eShop, whatever. Which is uh, like the has 3DS a, only a few months left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think if you you can add funds to it with a card, but you can't add it like you can't just like pay for it with a credit yeah. card at this point. Um, so you have to buy one of those prepaid cards. Um, and then the 
yeah, the eShop or the um, virtual console thing that they have on Switch now um, for Switch Online members. Um, and then the original cart, like that's really, I think that's it. Yeah. And it, and in a lot of ways it's other than like when you were on the Wii virtual console, like that is technically buying it. Yeah. It's a little different. Like it might have some weird quirks that might, you know, not be in the cartridge version, but like for the most part it's earthbound. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, there's not really like a way to just buy earthbound anymore because buying or, you know, having a Nintendo whatever online subscription like I have, which gives me access to all these games, isn't really buying the game. It's like, we just give you the opportunity to play Star Fox 64 on your Switch. You know, we don't, you don't really own it. So when we take it away, you can't really complain about it. Um, I, I think if something is just really inaccessible, like either because of price or because of region, you know, like whatever it's like to me it's not that big a deal like i i'm not gonna pay it's we have the same thing in magic the gathering actually this is a really good analogy so in magic the gathering there are some especially in things like commander there are cards that have existed for a really long time and they are really expensive and wizards of the coast refuses to reprint them like the one that i was trying to get a hold of for a long time was this card called dockside extortionist it's famous it goes in like every red commander deck uh, and i was trying to put it in my goblins deck because i fucking love goblins and it's like my main thing and i'm like well i better have this you know and i could not get a copy they're like 70 dollars for a piece of cardboard and i eventually gave up and took one of those blank um cards that they give you to like what you know the double-sided cards you need to put them in like your sleeve yeah. so you, you write what it is on there so i literally wrote dockside extortionist wrote out the thing and just, just <laughs> slipped it into my deck and was like <laughs> my friends are not going to care right like they're gonna they don't care uh mo yeah. most people and that's called proxying most people don't care especially when it's a card's like hey i really want to play with black lotus but i'm not a millionaire so i'm just gonna write on a piece of paper that this is a black lotus or i'm gonna print one out and you know i'm gonna tell you ahead of time you know like the same way you would say this cart's a reproduction is that okay with you like i have proxies in my deck is that okay and most people unless it's some competition you know will be like yeah whatever like that no one cares yeah they don't care wizards yeah, cares. they just want to be able to play the game well sure <laughs> wizards probably kind of care like cares a little bit but like at the end of the day if you're not make if you're not giving me access to the thing, I'm just going to get it myself or I'm going to use something as a stand in. Like technically, it's you can do the same thing with like Warhammer on a table. Like you don't need to buy like Games Workshop's rules or any of that. You don't need to buy their models. You can use pennies or quarters <laughs> or something, you know? Like Lego minifigs. Yeah, it's the same thing with like Dungeons and Dragons. Like you can use crayons and they're really just totems or standing and obviously games are a little different but like if if this thing is like totally inaccessible like it's this game that only came out in japan and it was on the sega genesis and they never re-released it and if you want a copy of it it's 200 dollars. well that to me is like wholly inaccessible and like outrageous like why not just emulate yeah. it at that point because clearly like either the company that had it isn't around or or the company that has it doesn't care to sell it to you again so yeah what's the problem yeah right? and that's that's kind of where i land on it is like i 
historically have bought many of the same game many times yeah and have no problem doing it apparently uh what up the last of us and you know nintendo doesn't even give you the option really um i really uh if they if they gave me the ability to buy earthbound or i mean they did it with the mario 60 or the mario 3d collection like i bought two copies of that i bought it digitally and physically yeah um you know, I have no problem giving them money where where I'm able. I, I was to, just gonna say, like, play. why why is Nintendo not like teaming up with someone like Limited Run? They would make so much money question. together. Like, if they were just like, "Hey, you've always wanted to buy an original cartridge of Earthbound. Well, here's like a black cartridge Limited Run version that has like alternate art, you know, and it but it's the same game." But it comes right. in like a special box and there's a player guide and stuff and you sell it for whatever it costs. Because clearly Nintendo does work with Limited Run because there's so many Switch games on Limited Run. And most of the games that I want to buy on there, I'm like, oh, this random, you know, the random shmup that no one cares about. But I care about and it's on the Switch, you know, like that's cool. I'm what up, Dodon Pachi? Dodon Pachi. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, but Did like, you order it? I did. Yeah. Just the game, though. I didn't get the whole, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing or whatever. But they would make a killing doing that. Like, and people would buy it. I think it. it's... A lot of people would buy it. I think it's just the hype around it. Like, I think it is just the... That allure of, oh, my God, you have a real copy of Earthbound? Like, But you would still to, have a real copy of Earthbound. I know. No, I know. That's what's nuts. Because they... But they do that with Star Wars, right? Like, a lot of the, the repros that they've done... Um, like, didn't they put out a bunch of, like the Star Wars Game Boy games and um, they did like they were physical cartridges? I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was like. I'm pretty sure you got some of them. Yeah, they have. I have. I have uh, Star Wars for the Game Boy, the NES. I have Empire for the Game Boy and NES. Like, but like, you I could play Razor those in for a... the N64. Like, yeah, run. Yeah, like, according to them, you can. So clearly, Nintendo has done this, but I wonder right. what they what they choose because i i bet you people at limited run would be like thrilled to release things like oh uh, you know uh earthbound on an, on an original cartridge but like what's stopping them is, is really really what i'm wondering like what's stopping them and maybe it's just because they don't think like people will order it even though like there's that vocal fan base that's been vocal for decades at this point like wanting more <laughs> more mother games in the u.s so I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a matter of them trying to not confuse them. Like, they're like, no, the Switch is the platform. Get over yourselves. Like, if that's just the mentality, um, you know, for every, like, is it Maybe. that for every Maybe, every but then they wouldn't, ma they wouldn't have made and, a lot of these. That's yeah, but a lot of those are, weird. like, third-party licensed, you know. Sure. All you're really, like, I don't know, I don't know how much involvement Nintendo has to have. I just don't, I don't know enough about the process. Um how much involvement Nintendo has to have when they're going to reproduce. And I don't think this one played, but doom 64, right? right. Like a cartridge of that. Um, I just, I don't know. That, that's a good question. It's like, have any of the limited run Nintendo releases been like a Nintendo game, like a first party Nintendo yeah. game. And I, I, I don't I think they say have. no, but because I feel like it'd a be a big deal point. if they did that. It would be a big deal. I wish they would do that because I bet like I, tons of people would be like, oh, my God, a repro of like red and blue 
you know, of like, there's so many games. And not, it's not like Red and Blue is not like totally, you know, accessible at this point, like Earthbound no, kind but... of is. But like still, there's like you could re-release a lot of these original games like and people would people would be really excited about it and, pro- and would probably pay a lot of money for it. Oh, my God. If if I could get like because a lot of it, too, is, you know, some of these games I, I have wanted to get the boxes for and some of them I have like the, the Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie like I got reproduction boxes of those but they're not the same like the quality just isn't as high um, you know if they came out and they're like hey we're partnering with Limited Run we're showing them everything that we did back in the 90s and early 2000s of like how we produce all this content um, they have to adhere to these standards otherwise they're not releasing it um, you know in this format I mean, oh my god, I would be so broke. I feel like Nintendo should just do like a do a game that like people might care about but might not you know, uh get super crazy about like do like, like set the world do- on fire. Yeah, like Doki Doki Panic or something, you know, like yeah, or Mario Lost Levels, an actual US cart of that, right? Because that we, would be really cool. Cuz that's not a thing that exists. So uh, at least here and then, and then in uh, Japan, it was on the cards, right? Like the like floppy. Yeah, it was on the like Famicom floppies. disc system. Yeah. So yeah. like that would be neat. And it's it's like uh, it's novel and different. And like people who really care would buy it. And it might show them that, you know, there's a market, there's still a market for these things. You know, like people yeah. want to watch old movies. People want to listen to old music. Like the idea that people don't want to play old games, even though people always cite the like, we put backwards compatibility in here and like uh, no one uses it. And it's sort of like, yeah, but that's not like solving the issue. It's like we want to play them on the hardware that either the hardware they were meant for or like uh, a comparable thing like, uh, you know, like an analog mega or something. Right. Right. So. Like the idea that no one wants to buy this old stuff, I think, is just false. Like we we do, and if it becomes if it's too inaccessible, we're gonna people will just find a way. And and that's what thank God they kind of have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go on. I mean, and that's exactly what I did. You go on eBay. You go on Etsy. There are reproductions of uh, all tons of the you know all sorts of games like this. Little Samson on the the NES, a game I've never played. A game that is wholly inaccessible because it is so expensive. Yeah, I mean, you're talking $4,000 for a complete inbox copy of that game. Um, you know, you can get a cartridge of it for 20 bucks. Like, come on, guys. What yeah. are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just make them different. Like, make them a different color. Give them different art right. or something. Put a little badge on it that says, yeah. like, just limited run or, you know, yeah, classics. Like, I don't think people would care. I think they would just no. be excited to have the thing. I mean, some people right. would care. Like, there's people like... You know, PS1 collectors might not want greatest hits. So, like, we want black label, you know, everything or whatever, right? But, like, most people, they're just yeah, but, like, I just want the thing. I just want the the utility of it. Yeah, and I think for, like, until until a week ago, I, uh, I was at that point where I was like, no, I only want to buy, you know, real original cartridges. Because I was buying, like, Mario Paint for five bucks on eBay. Um but then you get into some of these other titles and it's like, uh, no, like you're making, you're making the hobby completely inaccessible. Um, and honestly, you're making me not want to do it anymore. Um, especially with the prices, the way they are right now. 
Oh, yeah. Well, and at least with the Super Nintendo and a lot of the EverDrives right now, if, even if you were to go that route, a lot of them you can't get because uh, the guy who wrote all that software and produces those is based out of the Ukraine. So mm. whatever inventory they had at that point uh, prior to the war that is going on right now, like you can't get an EverDrive for the Super Nintendo right now. And if you do happen to find one on eBay, people are charging double for it because they know they, they're they not making them right now. Right. Ugh. Which is a shame. It's it's crazy that like just all games right now too are... It doesn't even like matter what it is. Like, right. It, it's great. Like I was... Uh, now that I have like uh, my PS3 like kind of back in order, like I put a new disk drive and stuff in it. Uh, I was kind of looking at like random PS3 games nobody's ever heard of, and like I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Found out there's this like okay slash kind of good cult following game called like Boogie Oogie's Revenge or something like that on the PS3. Sorry, PS2. Oh, PS2 okay. Game. Okay. But like it'll run. I have a fat PS3, so it'll run. And I was like, oh, what a weird thing that exists. I. Uh, like if I was like, if there's copies around, I'll buy one. People want like $60 for this game. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I would pay maybe 20 tops for this random thing that only people like me probably want. But like not 60 for this. No. But a game that I've never heard of until this second, you know. <laughs> uh, so I can't even imagine what like NES cartridges are going for right now. And like what some of the Super Nintendo stuff's going for right now probably insane it's what's weird is like it's all over the place like there's some games that i thought would be cheap that are just not at all and then others that like um, what like a mario bros cartridge like so yeah so like super mario world like historically a mario game you're you're not going to see below 40 dollars, and that's like regardless of the mar like if mario is in the title it's usually like 30 to 40 bucks um or higher um, Super Mario World, you can get a copy of that for like 10 or 15 bucks on eBay. Um, or at least that's what it looked like they were going for. Um, but then Super Mario Kart goes for anywhere from 35 to 60 depending on the condition. Um, I don't know why I thought Turtles in Time would be cheaper than it is, but that game is like $120. Um, yeah. Which I was like, no, I'm going to spend $20 on the... The reproduction cartridge. Yeah. And I'm going to move on with my life, you know. Um, and I don't, as far as I know, they're not selling that game, you know. Um, well, and, the, and they, also, so it's on the, it, it's on the uh, Cowabunga collection, but mm. that's probably as close as, you know, you're going to get to it at this point. But also, like, you not spending $400 on Earthbound doesn't affect Nintendo in any way. If you had spent right. it, it's not like they get that money, you know. It's right. some guy who has a card of it. So like, yeah, I don't, and that's just tough. it. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, I feel bad about pirating like, like, like games that are just coming out, obviously, because like, as someone who works, who works in the industry, please buy our games. Like, yeah, we have jobs. We have families to feed. <laughs> um, but like, some of these games, like these PS1 games, where like the copyrights are abandoned, you know, and like uh, everything are, for a claim, and yeah, and it's like no yeah. one's releasing them, no one's doing anything, and some guy wants like forty dollars for the, you know, for the disc. It's like, man, I could just get this, you know, 
that I feel the same way about like vinyl. Like if you were going to buy a vinyl of an old, an old record that only got printed once in like the forties or something. And, uh, people are really seeking it or like maybe no one's really seeking it except you, but like you, you literally can't even find the thing, which is some of the right. things I'm after is like, I, I literally, a, no one wants this except weirdos like me. They didn't make that many of them. And like, if I want it, I have to either, I have to either maybe get someone to make one for me, or I need to just hunt at garage sales for the rest of my life and hope this what? weird thing pops up. You know, what are you looking for? Like LP wise, oh, weird now shit. Like I want the Monster Club uh, vinyl record, which is like eighty bucks or something. <laughs> um, or, or like I, there's this vinyl record that I've I've heard of where it's like, um, apparently it's it's like Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff like summarizing the events of Dracula and Frankenstein, but on a record, and I've never found it. I think it's I've seen it on eBay or whatever, and maybe you could get it. But like, there's other random things. Like, I've gone to I've got like I went to a, a an antique uh, fair that we have here in the Bay Area and has a lot of good stuff, and they have a lot of vinyl. And I randomly was picking through one and found this record that was like hit Halloween songs, right? It was like some just company grabbed and it was like, you know, Monster Mash and like all these other songs that are on like my bar playlist basically. And I was like, fuck, like this is perfect. <laughs> I want this, you know, it's so stupid and like so me, right? And it yeah. was like $5, like, cause nobody wants it, right? I was like, hell right. yeah. But the record wasn't even in the damn envelope. So it was like, <sighs> damn it, you know? So it's like, Sometimes you, I, I feel like in this instance, especially with some of these games, like sometimes you kind of just have to take matters into your own hands. <laughs> like, like if they're not going to sell you the thing and the only way to get it is like through just really expensive means that the, the company's not going to get anything in any way. Like sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you got to yeah. go to Etsy, you know? Yeah, like, and, and I like... I wrestled with this for like a week, like no lie. I was just like, you know, am I a bad person if I do it? And finally I was just like, you know what? No, like I'm just a guy no. that wants to play a video game Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else is out there making that possible, that dream possible for me. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, so I don't feel preserving bad. the, they're preserving the ability for you to access that easily, you know? Right. Um, in the way of, that God the, intended. Yeah, and a, a lot of the history of the medium rides on a lot of these things because otherwise, yeah. like, you know. And, it, it, like, you know, you think about film, like, 90% of the films before 1930 are just gone because yeah, they, like, exploded or they weren't treated, you know, because they're on nitrite film or whatever. So they either, like, caught fire and blew up or they uh, just weren't treated right and bugs ate them or they're sitting in, like, the attic of some dude who was like a grip on like, you know, some silent film or something. I don't even think, I don't even know if they had grips on silent films, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like just the, the, so much of the medium is like gone. And the fact that we have a lot of those movies like Nosferatu, like is a good example. The fact that we even have Nosferatu to watch is a miracle because yeah. a, it's a movie like around that time when most of the movies were just gone now and B, like, there were court orders to destroy that movie. So, like, the fact that we even have copies around now and it can be watched 
online is nothing short of a miracle. And I, I, a lot of people want that, want to avoid that fate for games, but it's really difficult when a lot of companies like really like, you know, blanket, uh, emulation as like a really bad thing when in fact it's like a great the great thing um and like they could just meet them in the middle and like you know like we've been talking about and hit up limited run make more earthbound cards like i I might buy one (laughs) i don't even have a working any snes and i'd be like yeah all right you know buy it for the novelty of it or like give it to a friend who does have a working snes or something like i don't know come on (laughs) <laughs> come on let me do the thing come on but no i don't think you should feel, i don't think you should feel bad i wouldn't pay 400 dollars for a video game there's very few no. things i would pay 400 dollars for and that was what i that was kind of i don't know that was where i got it was just like it's the only other one that i didn't get and now i won't because they they did the core thing um on the the analog pocket i've never played mario rpg and that is also mm-hmm. not on uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Um, and, you know, I have a million other means that I could use to play it, but... Um, it's on w- Switch. Is it on Switch? Maybe not, because it it's like a... It's in, yeah, that game's in a weird spot, because it's like... That's uh, like Squaresoft Square, Squaresoft versus... Nintendo published yeah rpg and they like to forget that it exists and they're just like play paper mario and it's like okay but like what about this other one that people really love you know remember when you put gino in smash classic (laughs) (laughs) yeah video games i will uh video games i will let you guys know how it all goes um Mm -hmm. i do find it funny uh, that like a few weeks ago you were like crt all the way i can't go back and now you're like analog pocket <laughs> living the dream analog po- well you know you know what it is they have a and I, i'm thinking of ordering it like this week because at some and this is what sucks about the analog pocket right now and people like people that get this thing like in the next waves they're just gonna be like what do you mean like, i don't care like in a way, it's kind of cool to be here while all of this stuff is being developed and like all these new features are being added. Like they just added support for um, bigger Neo Geo ROMs, so like you can play like the whole library of Neo Geo games at this point. It's which, a great like, library that, unless you had like a main machine or you were a rich kid, like you probably you've never touched probably touched them. Yeah, and I thankfully my dad and I built a main machine when I was young, so like. Tons of those Neo Geo games are like on MAME or whatever, and we and I played a lot of them. So like when I see things like Magical Drop, I'm like, fuck yeah, Magical Drop! What a great game that like no one's heard of, you know? Um, yeah, so that's great. I I love that people are trying to like find these like libraries of game systems that like most people don't think about. Uh, yeah, I mean like I I don't really other than Metal Slug, I really don't have any experience uh, with the Neo Geo. Yeah, there's like Samurai um, Showdown and Magic Drop. I think, I I think, uh, uh, man, what's that one with the Bust a Move? Isn't that Neo Geo or is that? Oh, uh, like Bubble Bobble or, or, or yeah, Taito no, I think or, it is Bust a Move. That might be Bust a Move, but yeah, because I think Bubble Bobble was Nintendo's um like right. version of that basically. Um, but yeah, like there's uh, I don't even remember what got me onto that. Uh, oh, but Analog. like being here and, and watching all of these 
cores start to come out and new features being added um, and the different ways that people are playing it. Um, part of it is exciting that they're adding these things. Like it, it, it feels like the value of this thing is just growing because it's mm-hmm. capable of doing more and more things. Um, but people that get it day one are just going to be like, cool. I dumped all my rums. I got all my cores. I'm good to go. Yeah. Like, because it's going to be so fleshed out. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, the other product that they have is the, uh, getting back to the CRT, they have, uh, the analog DAC, which will let you convert. Uh, at least right now, it works with the Super NT, and then they have like the Master System uh, version or the Genesis version. Um, but you can convert that signal to back to a CRT, like what is a digital signal now, back to a CRT. Um, they don't have that support for the Pocket yet, but I know what's going to happen is if I don't order this thing now, and then when they add support later, it's going to sell out like immediately. And then I'm going to be pissed because I can't play it. <laughs> I can't See, use it with the pocket. The analog DAC. Yeah. So I think it's like 70 bucks. I'm looking at the page right now and I'm like trying to understand. Like, it's super confusing. Quality CRT. Yeah. I'm like, what does this do? I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I see. I so, so it takes it takes like HDMI signal. So in theory, you could take like a like one of their systems, or you could take like an SNES mini and convert its signal into an SRT signal and play it. On yeah. An SRT. Okay. That's actually say, really cool. It's um, very cool, but it says like very explicitly that it only works with their products. Oh. So it's like in the byline or whatever at the bottom, like you're in the fine print. It's like, this works with the super NT and the, whatever the Genesis one is. I forget the name of it. Mega. Um, the mega. Yeah. The poly. Uh, yeah. Um, and they say, um, and future analog products, including the dock, which is referencing the analog pocket. But I don't know if that means it's going to work a year from now, three years from now. But I just know if I don't order this thing like on the earlier end, I'm not going to get it for God knows right. how long. Because they take forever to put anything couldn't, out. Couldn't you do the same thing with like, don't they make those like the kinds of converters already? I mean, maybe they don't. Like, I, I always they, thought they did. So, I have one. Um, like, I got it from Best Buy, but it doesn't scale properly to a CRT. Mm. Um, like, at least the one that I used, and that was what kind of got me down the whole rabbit hole. Um, I tried using the Super NES, um, the Mini with it. Um, but it takes that widescreen image that you, like, when you use the mini on a widescreen TV, you get the black bars on the side. Sure. When you squish that down to a CRT, you still get black bars on the side. Oh. And then the image is like this. Yeah. It's right. really bad. Right. Cause it's not like, in, like it's displaying in, it's, in, in 16 its hardware. By it's actually doing 16 by nine. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Um, yeah. Interesting. But so I don't, I don't know if I'm going to end up ordering it, but um, but yeah, I mean, it is that full circle thing where I'm like, nope, CRT all the way. And yeah. I'm like, I want to use the pocket, but I can't yet. Uh, so like some of these games yeah. I'll play on the CRT, but it's funny. All. Like I, uh, we just went to, um, the aquarium, uh, the Monterey Bay aquarium the other week. Sure. Um, it's a very famous aquarium. It's here in California. Uh, but one of the exhibits had like a Sony CRT in it. Cause I'm like, this thing's been here forever. 
Uh, yeah. Like, the rest of it's all, like, modern and cool, right? And then this one section's like, we're this little Sony, because they've had the same video playing on repeat or whatever. But I was, like, <laughs> curious, because I remember talking to you, and you were like, oh, it's so crisp or whatever. And I started looking at it, and, like, the video, it's like, clearly this is really low-res video, you know, from, like, the 90s or whenever this was. And I'm watching it, but then on the bottom, there's a black bar with just yellow text, like, saying what it it's saying. What you know? it is. Because if you're yeah. deaf, you know, and I'm looking at the text. I'm like, fuck, that is really clear. I told you. <laughs> I was like, man, he uh, wasn't kidding. Like, this actually looks really good. Like, like nobody remembers. Yeah. And until you see, especially like a PVM or like one of those Sony like Trinitrons, like once you get up close to it, it's like, holy shit. Like, like, this wow, looks that really good. Look really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that no one just builds them now. But I, I isn't it like it's just too expensive? Like, oh, it's like. Yeah, but the expensive. only yeah, the only reason that CRTs were affordable when they were made was because they made so many of them. Right. So they and they had so many materials available to pull from. But if you were to build one now, I think it ends up being like five times the cost or something like yeah. that. At least. Yeah. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. But that's enough of all my retro <laughs> malarkey. No, it's great. You guys have to hear, listen to all that every week. Um, every week every week (laughs) have you heard about and i don't want to i don't want to go too deep into the weeds with it because i think obviously there are other people that are much more intelligent than i that uh have talked about this at length but have you heard about this uh nvidia uh evga breakup i heard about it um, a friend of mine said that EVGA wasn't going to make NVIDIA cards anymore, and that was sort of the extent of it. And I said, oh, why? And he he was like, I don't really know. I just heard that that was happening. So so it's it's kind of like nuts. At least I think it's crazy. But then, like, if you look back at what's been going on over the last like decade or what NVIDIA has been doing, it kind of makes sense. Um, so before NVIDIA would make a GPU when they make the board and all that, they'd sell it to a partner like EVGA or Gigabyte or one of these manufacturers and then that manufacturer would make their card and they would sell that. Um, and then about 10 years ago, NVIDIA started making these reference cards that they sell that are the founders editions, as we know them now Mm -hmm. that are way cheaper than everything else that everyone, all these other manufacturers put out. So if you guys remember back in early 2020, when the 3000 series came out, you would look at all these prices and it would be like, okay, the 3080 is supposed to cost like $750 or whatever MSRP was. And that's what the founder's edition was selling for. But what ended up happening or what happens now is that NVIDIA will sell that card and that hardware to the third party manufacturer. And then for that same price that like you're basically paying for as a NVIDIA consumer, and then they have to tack on whatever other features and, and all that that they want to do to make it like their own unique flavor of that card. Um, most of them end up losing money on the deal or just breaking even. And what EVGA basically got to the point with it where it was like death by a thousand cuts where they were like, we're not making that much of a profit. We have this whole division um, of employees that are, they're engineers and they're designing around these cars and they're doing it. They're finding out about how they need to engineer all this hardware 
at the same time that the customers are finding out that it's even being released. So like nobody was given any information prior to any of the releases of like last gen or what is current gen, I guess I should say. And then the next gen, like the 4,000 series cards. Um, and EVGA just basically said, screw it. We're just not going to make video cards anymore, period. They also said that they're not planning on partnering with Intel or AMD because they, I think it's like a, a fail safe where if God forbid they decide, no, we do want to get back into, you know, manufacturing these things. Um, they can always go back to NVIDIA. Um, it's just crazy to me though. Like it's, mm. those two companies were always so synonymous. Um, right. Just in the, pretty sure I you know, have you think, a card, uh, an EVGA, like NVIDIA card. Yeah. I mean, sure. that's what, that's not what I'm in running here, now. but actually maybe in here too. I don't remember. <laughs> it's a look yeah but it's uh i don't know it's just like it's pretty rare that you ever see uh two companies that are so synonymous with one another just one of them just drops out completely severs ties and then on top of it like that is 80 percent of evga's business Mm -hmm. that now they're just like nope we make power supplies and mice and keyboards and that's pretty much it like I don't know. I mean, why it's just, it, why throw all our resources into essentially make NVIDIA more money, right? Like, right, right. It's like, eh, you know, they're probably like, whatever, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, kind of not worth the hassle at this point. I just, I, if if you're interested in any of, of like what went down or that, Gamers Nexus has like a half hour video breaking down everything. Mm. Um, the latest episode of the WAN show on Linus uh, Tech Tips, it's like two and a half hours long, and I didn't watch it all. But the first, like, 30 minutes of it, they're talking about it. Um, and just the way that, like, NVIDIA has treated uh, Linus and some of these other media outlets over the years, like, it's insane. Like, it got to the point where I was like, I think the next time I do a build, I'm just going to do an AMD build. Because, like, cheaper. I don't want to... They're cheaper and like ethically, they it would just make me feel better <laughs> because they just treat everybody you like know, crap. It's funny, like the first PC I built, like when I got back into PC gaming, I'd say was like AMD. I had a Ryzen uh, graphics card, sure, uh, and didn't do any Intel or any nvidia and it like ran overwatch one at like 150 frames a second and it was like a micro uh motherboard too and and it's like maybe the best pc i've ever ran and i don't know why (laughs) i've switched to all these other ones since because like i now i have yeah i have an nvidia and i have like a a a larger motherboard and and like an intel cpu and stuff my cpu is great and like my computer does run good it's just like I think back and I'm like, man, maybe I would have been happier if I had just stuck with like the 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 underdogs a little bit, like because I remember booting up Overwatch one when I plugged in that that Ryzen GPU for the first time and saw the frames go up to like 156 and I almost like drooled. I was like, oh my <laughs> god, this is amazing! I'm like, never went back. But like, yeah, that's really interesting. And now yeah. you've got me thinking too. I'm like, man, it might even be cheaper, like to or it will be cheaper actually. Well, um, right now, like if you're if you're looking into getting a graphics card, like now is the time. Um, the three thousand series is like nothing to scoff at, and because of all the, like the crypto 
uh, market basically crashing. Um, at least in, I don't know how the AMD side looks, but uh, the NVIDIA side, um, cards that were going, a lot of cards are like $300, $400 off now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also like on the eve of, um, I think literally the eve of the 4000 series getting announced. I think they're getting announced tomorrow. That's what I heard. Someone told me they're coming real soon. Like, I think my dad yeah. was saying, like, I heard they're coming out real soon. So, like, the 30s are, you know, they're going to be cheap. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, well. But the 30s, like, it's not like they're dog shit. You no, know what I mean? No, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like they run, I'm like, ray running. tracing and 4K and stuff, you know, so. Right. Yeah. So. No, I got not. a. Uh, I'm still on, like, 2070. Yeah, I'm on, like, 2070 Ti, and it's, it's okay. It runs yeah. games, but. Like some of some games, I'm like, I wish you ran a little better, even though you're running at like 120 frames. I'm like, but you're on like medium. Like, I wish you were at high, you know, something like that. But that's when you you start to feel it when it's like you're you're clicking on low and it's like, oh, God, like I have to I have to stoop this low just to get, you know, (laughs) above 60 too low, too low to get it to run. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, if you're interested Crazy in any times. of that, um, or you're looking for a graphics card, uh, I don't know. Apparently, now is the time. I mean, I'm I'm kicking myself because of what I... Not that I haven't gotten my use out of mine, but uh, I paid a lot more than what they're going for right now. Mm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Mr. Mobley, do you have yeah. anything else that you would like to share with the class before we wrap it up this week? Not really. I'm uh, I'm pretty good. I did play more. I don't know if I talked about this last time. I did play some more Splatoon, and I'm now like, yeah, it's a great game. I've gone. Did from, you finish the my- campaign? No. Um, yeah, I didn't either. Mostly played. A friend and I played like some Salmon Run and played uh, some of the other modes. There are some modes I don't like. Like I vehemently dislike Rainmaker. I I don't think it's fun. Um, I've only played Turf War. I haven't. I haven't oh. dipped into any of the other ones yet. Uh, the, the uh, there and then Tower Control is like okay. There's mm. another mode. The mode I love is it's literally a square, and you have to control the square, and you control it by standing in it, but also like filling up like ninety percent of it with your ink. So it's just like okay. contr- it's like King of the Hill essentially. That mode's really awesome. Uh, but. Um, Rainmaker. Every time I see it, I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere near you. What do you not like? What is not fun? It's about essentially it? not like, well balanced, or I just don't think I'm good at it. <laughs> 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 like, I don't have like all these, you know, my my clothes and stuff don't have like all these abilities unlocked because I'm not like playing this every day. So like, I keep coming in contact with these kids that have like these decked out loadouts, and they're just smoking me, and I'm like. I'm just not doing good, man. I don't know. It's uh, I'm not a fan. No, of that I mode. mean, I I will say like I I think I'm level four or five um, in multiplayer. Like I'm not that far. Like um, seven. Maybe? They're pr- they're pretty forgiving about like or at least like it feels like they're forgiving when the match ends, even if you lose, and they're like, all right, these are the medals that you got. Uh, you know, you splatted the home base the most, or you you know. Uh, splatted the most enemies or however you want to you know cut it um 
it always does a good job of making you feel like you did something. But then the progress bar moves. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, like, you're like, boop, like mm. it's like the smallest amount. Yeah, um, I was reading you got to get a lot of food. Like you just got to stack really? your food. Yeah, like I had one for like 20 games worth of food and I spent it all. But then I got another one and then I started reading. People were like, no, you got to use the like gotcha machine to that gives you titles that that gives you food sometimes. Like you need to play Salmon Run to get the conch shells, which you can spend. I think once a day you can turn in a conch shell for like a gotcha ball, and then uh, single player. They're like gives you food and drink tokens, and like you need to just stack up like food and drink tokens like all the time because apparently that like makes a huge difference. I don't know if you can stack them all at the same time. I'm really hoping so because man, (laughs) the XP moves really slow, and they're like you got to get to catalog 98 to get the dab, and it's like. Like that's so long. Like it's so far. Like and and it takes so long. It's like man, I I uh, need to do more experimentation with with the food though. Apparently that's the that's the way. That um, does kind of make sense. Like it almost sounds like. And I keep I keep weirdly comparing this game to Destiny. Like in some of its aspects, like the way that perks, like you can apply them to different. Uh, mm-hmm. At least in Destiny terms, like armor sets, right? Um this being clothing um Need but i I, I do for that right and like but i feel like i'm playing this game like Wrong. not the way i'm supposed yeah. to right like and all i'm doing is just playing it um i just feel like i could be doing it smarter um you know using a yeah, lot of I, what you I, just said i'm with you i don't know what the i don't know what the secret is like i'm wondering if it is just you need to stack up food and do other yeah. stuff because like yeah i'm just playing multiplayer with friends and i'm just like doing salmon run and stuff and i'm like man this thing is trucking along so slow like yep i don't know i don't know what else i'm supposed to be doing but maybe it is just like you need to have like six food tokens you need to have food just constantly going at all times and to get you that like thousand xp boost or something i don't i don't know i don't know i'll have to give that a shot though and report back because like like i am enjoying my time with the game um Mm -hmm. i do wish that i got to play with people more often um but yeah i just always feel like um i just feel like i suck at this game (laughs) i also do kind of suck at this game i also haven't found a weapon that i like love I either yeah. go, this is okay, or I hate this. Like, my favorite gun so far is the airbrush, and even that, I'm like, this could be better. <laughs> I used the paint roller, and I went, nope. Um, oh, I'm very good with the paint roller. I hate the sure. paint roller. I also hate the paint brush. Not a fan of that. I don't like that, yeah. Um, there's some guns that I'm like, I like this in Salmon Run, like the Katana and like some of the shotgun ones. I'm like, this is good in Salmon Run, where I'm like actively shooting things. But then in the in the game, when I'm like trying to clear our base and like, you know, stuff, I'm like, man, I just I don't like this at all. Um, <laughs> one day, maybe I'll find a weapon I love. But so far, I'm like, oh, God, I haven't found anything. I was a big fan of the maybe it was a, a nostalgia thing, but I remember playing very well with it. The uh, the NES Zapper in Splatoon 2. But I, 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 I haven't got gotten that. it yet. I got that in three and I was like, I don't like this. Hmm. Yeah, like I remember going back into and then not liking it. But when it first came out, I was like, this is amazing. Maybe they nerfed it or something. Like, yeah. it's tough, too, because, like, like you might like the weapon, but then you don't really like the super. Or, like, you just don't understand, like, what the super is. You know, I've had that happen a couple times. Um, yeah. 
and it's like man this uh this is rough <laughs> but uh i don't know we'll see i i'm googling yeah. around and most people are saying like food tickets and stuff like eat food and i'm like okay whatever you say boss whatever I'll do you it. say I was trying to see if they like stack or whatever, but uh, I don't see anything. But whatever, <laughs> it is really slow though. That's yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I get it. Like it's supposed to last like a whole season or whatever. But like, come on. Yeah, like, me, I'm playing this thing. real casually. I kind of need you to <laughs> speed this up. Speed it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. Nice. All right, ladies and germs, we're going to get out of here. Uh, it, we're, uh, yeah, all right, hour 16, not bad, not bad. It's pretty good. Um, Pretty good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out this week um, on our Brianless episode <laughs> of the Platformers Podcast. This is a weekly video game and nerd culture podcast that records each and every Monday night starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Well, I don't know what my hair is doing today. Look at this. Um, you can find the show at Platformers Pod. You can find us on Anchor FM at Anchor FM slash Platformers Pod and YouTube.com slash Platformers Pod as well as Twitch.tv slash Platformers Pod. You can find me at Shrives93. I don't tweet that much, but when I do, it's probably complaining about something like me getting attacked by a snake today, which happened, and I wasn't a fan. Josh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Josh. I don't tweet that much, but if you want to see all the cool video essay stuff I'm doing, you can go to youtube.com slash media is mythic. Hell yeah. You can also catch uh, the Toadstool Board Room new episodes every Thursday. Uh... This past week, we went over the uh, recent Nintendo Direct and all the announcements that... Well, some of the announcements that went out there. We ran out of time, but uh, you can find myself, Logan Plant, and Odell Harmon Jr. over on there as well. Everybody, once again, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Go play some games. Go kiss some babies. Only the ones that you know. Otherwise, that'd be weird. And until next time, we are out. Bye.